You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. On Sunday, we continued our series through the book of Romans as Pastor Josh preached from chapter 8, verses 1 through 17. In today's episode, we hear from Josh about why this is his favorite chapter in all of Scripture. We also talk about what the Apostle Paul meant when he said in verse 3 that Jesus came in the likeness of sinful flesh. And more conversation about what role or choice we have in our salvation. We're glad you've joined us today for After the Message. That is a great intro. It's really good. It would be. Really it would cool. be. It would be exciting. At least once. Corey has no snicker or smile at all. <laughs> Corey is unamused. <laughs> I do like Snickers. He's like, come on. <laughs> Did somebody say Snickers? Snickers. Snickers is hungry. It's better than water. Mm. Uh, okay. All right, boys. Good. Uh, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to say afternoon. Oh, it is morning. It is morning. I'm yes. all mixed. Hey, it is morning. I am all mixed. Ten twenty-five. <laughs> I just want to know who you call him, boy. <laughs> oh. I'm a grown man. Oh. You know, he's back in his seat. Put so. some respect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Mike's back in his yeah, seat. He Mark, calls everybody boys. Mark, let's not start this morning, man. Let's not start. <laughs> so, all right. Since since it was brought up, Preston um, and and Mark. Uh, uh, I just want to. I just want to shout out to all those people who are listening, who are really, really concerned yes. about the fact that Mark took my seat the other day. Um, they were there were some people concerned. They came up to me over the weekend yeah. and said, "Hey, I think y'all really hurt his feelings." I, looking out for Mike. <laughs> Let me assure you, we did. <laughs> At least we intended to. I don't know if it happened. Uh, Mission accomplished. <laughs> no, really, I have heard more talk about my seat being taken mm-hmm. than about any other thing that we've discussed on this podcast. Uh, uh, like people have come up to me literally and said, you know, some of it have some have found it just really funny, you know, that that happened and we had that banter. But uh, others apparently are really concerned that yeah. that I was uh, offended or, or like you you hurt me in some way. They Mark. can so, join the list of people who are unhappy with Mark. <laughs> we create so a hostile work. I just want to I just want to set the record straight. While I was mildly annoyed that day, um, uh, <laughs> I'm fine, really, and annoyed, not offended. That's right. That's right. That's right. Mark and I are still friends. Yes, and, uh, we're friends. So, and I'm. I only. I'll give it a couple only months. Only occasionally throw things across the room at him. So, um, anyway, it's good. It's good to be here today. So great. Looking to forward here. to the discussion because we started Romans chapter eight on Sunday. Yes. And Josh, I'm expecting some good conversation because you oh said that this is your favorite chapter in the whole Bible. It is. You know, um, it's a big statement. It is a big statement, but I say it a lot uh, because it seems like <laughs> every time, time I'm preaching something or I'm reading, I'm like, this is my favorite chapter. I've never really said that in Leviticus, though, like no. as I read them, I'm like, this no. is not my favorite chapter. No, but Romans 8 is like, if, if I had to say at the end of the day, what is your favorite chapter in the whole Bible, it would be this because it is, it's, it's broad. Um, but it, it speaks to a spirit-filled life. So, mm-hmm. so when we pray and we ask God to fill us and we ask God to use us and we ask God to, to bring himself glory and good to our communities, I think it's embodied in this chapter. Um, and, and we know that we can't do those things outside of his power. Well, what does that practically look like? And so this, this chapter speaks to practically how are we powered up and how are we sent out and what should that look like? And in that, there's also this beautiful, towards the end, this resounding reassurance of 
of the fact that God is the one who saved, he's the one who sustains, and there's nothing that can change that ever. Mm. Uh, and so I just find great comfort in that. That's good. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, your enthusiasm for it was was evident on Sunday, but yeah. I, I do feel like that, you know, you're pretty enthusiastic every week. Usually, but, yeah. 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 So, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> well, I, I think we've got a lot of things that, that we want to cover. I mean, you guys were talking as we were before we hit record here about um, just a number of conversations that you guys were having even yesterday, uh, you know, over lunch and other things about, you know, things related to this this passage. So um, we've sort of made a list of some of it. Um, I'm not sure how to go about it in a way that actually makes any sort of um, linear sense to the conversation, mm-hmm. but... Um, Man, you know, so I, I want to say, one of you raised a question about, um, so in verse 3, so early in the chapter, it says, uh, it references uh, s- that God sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. So, can we talk about that for a minute? Like, you know, uh, who raised that question? Was I, it was I Sean. Did. It was I you, did. right? Uh, for two reasons. One is, it's, it's loaded. Mm-hmm. But you also made mention yesterday, when we got there, that we could spend some time here. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it has some um, weighty s- theological significance. That's right. Um, and it's around the idea that Christ is fully God and fully man. That's right. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we'll say that, but what does that mm-hmm. actually mean? Um, does it encompass the sinfulness of man when, mm-hmm. when he became fully man? It looks like the sinful flesh. Mm-hmm. Right. right. But it's only Which, in the likeness of. Right. right. Likeness. So, That's so we kind know of the key word, right? He, likeness. Yeah. yeah. We know that he wasn't sinful. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this goes all the way back to the Christmas story. It goes all the way back to um, how how Christ came um, and, and the idea that although uh, he comes from Mary, he did not come from Joseph, although Joseph was his father, I guess mm-hmm. an, an adoptive father. Um, and so this this idea, the, the fact that the virgin birth is so important to the Christian story uh, is because uh, he was conceived of God, not, not, not Joseph, not, not through Adam's line. Uh, and so in the virgin birth, there is... There's freedom from the sin nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so although he came in fullness of flesh, uh, it was only in the likeness of sinful flesh. Um, mm-hmm. So he was fully God, yet he was fully man, had, had no, no sin in him. Um, although he was tempted multiple times throughout his life, never fell into that sin. And so there's this kind of picture, like as I'm reading it, and even as I was preaching it, there's, there's this picture that as we are, we're, we're born of Adam, right? So, so we're, we're born with a sin nature inside of us. The curse of Adam flows through, through our veins today, right? And, and so it's almost like this, we are consumed with sin and there's nothing we can do about it. But when we are born again in Christ, then this idea of, of what consumed us, the sin nature mm-hmm. that consumed us, starts to dissipate because he only he came in the likeness of sinful flesh and in that brought new life to us. And so where we were born into Adam and, and that, that birth brought death, we are now born again into Christ and that born again brings life for us. Mm. And so the hope is that the more that we lived life in the flesh, we be, our sin nature became more evident. The more we live life as a born-again person, the more our freedom becomes evident. Mm-hmm. And so we are following after our, our Redeemer, Christ, who is taking what was sin nature in us and freeing us and breaking it apart day by day. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm. But there's still a lot more to it. But in my mind, that is the progression that we are seeing through Romans. Right. Mm. Sean, what would you add? I, I, th- I think one thing I would add is that, like you said, he... 
he's lacking the seed of Adam. But if I go back before the fall, because mm. um, Paul's going to later on compare him to Adam mm-hmm. as being the second Adam. Um, so, so taking on human flesh, I, I think sometimes we get this idea that Jesus just put on a suit, mm. right? Like, so, um, instead of he, he's fully man. Mm-hmm. So, so right. in the same sense, when Adam was created, he was, he was not sinful at that point. Right. right? And so, but there's some proclivity there that he wants to follow his own way. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is fully man, yet when he gets to the point of either choosing to go his own way or pleasing the Father, okay, so, right? uh, he yes. pleases the Father. Right. right. Mm-hmm. All right so he, go ahead. Yeah. I'm not going to cut but, you off. So, so that, that whole idea of that we've, in God sending his son in the likeness of sinful nature, like that, that same proclivity would be there because he's man. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the question. Like, all right, so is the proclivity, which is not my normal word. So. <laughs> you know, Sean, Sean always has, uses big words in here, so um, proclivity. That's so, the word I think word that's today. my role in so, here for the other dumb people in the audience. I think it's just that whole idea of he, he literally has a choice to make. Mm-hmm. Is that, Jesus going to go his own way? Is he going to say, I can do this, or is he driven by the will of the father right. and only the will of the father. Mm-hmm. And so you see him do what Adam mm-hmm. could not do. Yeah. Okay. So my, my question then is just for, to bring clarity, was he born with the sin nature? Because we talk about sin, not just being the act, it's a result of the sin nature. So was Jesus just really good at denying sin and he made good choices or did he not even have the sin nature, which for him would be impossible to sin because it was not in his nature? Mm. So that think, that yeah. is a good question. That's Mark. a great question. Um, I, I think I think uh, if I had to say this or choose like a side, no, he does not have a sin nature, right? And mm-hmm. He is bent on pleasing the Father. Right? Mm-hmm. Like if I, if I had to sum instead of getting into the what if, what if he's like, that is his only yeah. desire. Right. That is his only want is to please the father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Philippians two, right? Yeah, so that's, that's right. The hymn of Christ. And, and I think Paul kind of, kind of paints that picture for us, uh, even though he had equality with God, he didn't consider that something to be grasped. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I, I don't think that he had a sin nature to, to Sean's point. Neither did Adam prior to the fall. I was say, Adam, um, Adam was born clean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I know born, there may be theologians who, who say, well, wrestle with this. But there was a moment where Christ is tempted in the same way that Adam was tempted, mm-hmm. uh, that, that he uh, Satan brings him up to the, the mountaintop and, and tempts him in three ways. Mm-hmm. And in all of those ways, thankfully, because Paul's going to write this later, he's the truer and better Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was the sure. one that did what the other That's one good. couldn't do. Couldn't do. But if he would have failed in that moment, yeah. there, there's, yeah, I think sin enters in that moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, yeah. I, there'd be some people. So how dare you? That's heresy. <laughs> so if you want to, yeah. fully God, fully man. Adam was not fully God. Yeah. That's right. That's right. In the creation. That's right. So, right. so there's right. a huge distinction between, between the two. And so yeah. this is, if you want to really dig into this, uh, Philippians two, mm-hmm. the kenosis theory, 
that Christ empties himself. Mm-hmm. What, what does that truly mean? Does he does he push aside mm-hmm. the right. power did and the ability? Did he empty his, divinity? Yeah. Did he empty his humanity? Right, that's right. And mm-hmm. so um, it's a great, great discussion. Yeah. Great it's a fun word study. to say. Kenosis. Um, <laughs> so anyway, fun stuff. It is great. So whenever we, we talked about it in the lightful likeness of sinful flesh, he condemns sin in the flesh. And and for me, that that's the powerful term, mm-hmm. right? That's so, right. So he comes in a way that we we couldn't because we have the sin nature. He didn't. And he was able to fulfill the law in such a way that it took the sin nature and killed it. Mm. Like like it was done. And 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 what I appreciated about Paul's writing and, and helping us understand, for us, a lot of times our mentality is if I could just stop sinning for a moment, for a season, for a day, for mm. for a month, like I'll feel good about myself. But even still, let's say you didn't sin for a decade, but then you sinned one day over the 10 years then all of it was for naught. Uh-huh. And so Christ comes, and it's not like he's coming just to, to stop sinning for a day. He, di- he didn't come to change your 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 uh, ability to, to sin or not sin. He came to take that thing that was killing you, and he killed it. Killed it. And so yeah. now we're free. We're free from it. Even, even though it's still in us, it has no effect on us. The chains are gone in it. And there's one day that that thing that's slowly dying out in us will be completely gone. Mm-hmm. And I, it's clearly spelled out mm-hmm. in, in chapter or. Yeah. Chapter 8, verses 3 and 4. That's good. Mm. So I feel like I feel like we're getting into a, a little bit of um, some of the discussion, too, that we, we talked about last, last week. Um, I think we ended kind of toward the end of our podcast. We got <laughs> to this topic. We talked about, and, and Preston, one of your comments earlier uh, before we recorded this, mm-hmm. uh, I think you sort of alluded to this, but... Um, can we simply choose to not sin? Mm-hmm. You know, and we, we began to talk about that. Um, but we, we talk about the Holy Spirit's power in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you raised the question in our pre, pre-recording discussion, just, you know, what it means to be controlled by the Spirit. Like, right. is that an active thing or a passive thing? Or Yeah, and um, I think part of that comes, comes from this idea that um, when we're in Christ and we are controlled by the Spirit, does the, does the Spirit then do all the work or which would make it passive on our part, right? The spirit's just working and we're just kind of, we're because the spirit's in us, we don't have to do anything. Or are we active in the sense that now that we have the spirit, we can, we can cry out to the spirit to help us in those things that we would not be able to do in our own, in our flesh, in our own strength, Mm. Um, which can feel like works. But I think there is an element of ownership of us saying, okay, the power is there. But we don't just kind of sit idly by and say, well, the power's there. And if I end up sinning, it's because the Spirit didn't do what the Spirit's supposed to do, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Blame well, on the Spirit. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. hey, I, I might have had that question earlier in my life. Yeah. And I think it's a it, – It's legit. Yeah. It's a legit question. If if I do well, he gets all the credit. Mm-hmm. If I fail, it's all my fault. Mm. Well, if it's really the Spirit – yeah. Why am I getting blamed for something the Spirit didn't right. do? The Spirit should have helped me not right. do that. That's right. He should have done that. Come on, Spirit. Mm-hmm. I didn't really say that out loud to be struck down. <laughs> I'm just saying those thoughts do kind of yeah. sneak in there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if it's all about the work of the Spirit, yeah. why am I held well, responsible? Well, and I think part of it is the word controlled because controlled has the feeling <laughs> that we don't really do anything. The, mm-hmm. the other entity that's controlling should be making us do whatever it is that we're supposed to do, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Or not do. Mm-hmm. It's a submission position. Sub- yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I keep turning from my mic. A submission, submission position. position. A position of submission. I like that. There you go. <laughs> right. I like it. Um, <laughs> because we can't do it. Right. But the, the sin is 
the posture of um, selfishness, selfishness, and not submitting. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's, that's right. it, it's when we turn to our own self. That's the that's the origin of sin, not the actual act. Mm-hmm. Right. And when we turn to Him and submit, the power of the Spirit is strong enough. It is sufficient. Yeah. When we do not yield to Him and make ourselves the Lord of our life, mm-hmm. that is the origin of sin. Um, the rest of it is just a demonstration of that initial choice. Just symptoms yeah. of, the, I, uh, of the the root problem. The rebellion. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I think submission is, I think, a beautiful word. Mm-hmm. Submission, surrender. Surrender. Mm-hmm. Um, because when the Spirit comes and dwells on us, it is the Spirit that brings about what we were just talking about with Jesus. Mm-hmm. His bent and his desire was mm-hmm. to please the Father. Right. Well, our our bent and desire is to please ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so when the spirit comes in, there's now, he's the one that brings about mm-hmm. the desire in us to actually mm-hmm. do the will of the father, to please the father. And so it's that, it's the war. That's right. Yeah. If we go back to the previous chapter, it's yeah. the war that Paul's talking about is that we have the power, but it doesn't come through the doing. It actually comes through the submission, That's right. through mm-hmm. the surrender mm-hmm. um, and recognizing that it is, it is not by our will and our, our mindset that we go and please the Father, it is only through the Spirit that right. brings that about in us. Right. And in <clears throat> in that spirit change, our mind changes, our sure. desires change, our actions mm-hmm. should change. So so it is an, mm-hmm. an inside out as opposed to an outside in. That's right. Mm-hmm. So the question then comes, right? So if if I'm doing heart work and I'm doing soul level care and I'm trying to trying to get that thing sorted, so so I can not just deal with the symptoms, but I can I can deal with the root issue, right? Mm-hmm. But I still know some of the things that I'm doing are not good. Uh, right. Some of the things that I'm doing are actually against God. Mm-hmm. But I know my heart may not be as healthy as it should be, and I still have a lot of work to do. Does that give me a free pass to keep doing all the other things that I know I should say no to, and now have the power to say no to? Right. I'm going to go with no. I'm, go, I'm going to go with no. I feel like that's the right answer. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes when people uh, yeah. hear this type right. of conversation, mm-hmm. they would say, well, I hear that. We're going to triage it first. Yeah. Uh, but I think in the, the Spirit's power, there's there's the ability to multitask, yeah. to well, say no to things symptomatically, mm-hmm. yeah. but also to yeah, deal yeah. with heart-level things as far right. as a core issue. Yeah. Right. Well, mm-hmm. and I think we see that even at a very human level with our kids, that there are certain things yeah, that they may good. do that – we want to work on the heart behind mm-hmm. it. Why are they doing this? And and where's the Lord working in that? But we don't just say, well, until the Lord works in that, right. we're going to let the behavior go. We correct the behavior as we talk to them about the mm-hmm. heart. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes the behavior change comes first, and then the heart catches up. Sometimes it takes a while, and the heart has to get there before sure. the behavior changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, think it's true of us, too. I do, too. Right. And the, where, where I sit on that in my own life is um, – a lot of it comes down to a, a faith, but a belief, confidence issue in him. Um, I'm significantly messed up inside, right? We all are. There's levels of brokenness that I discover are deeper and deeper every year of my life, right? And and I see him healing those things, but I can't wait till I've arrived at some level of emotional maturity and healing to say, okay, now the obedience will result. Um, I think that will happen. Sanctification will happen in, in the desires and the beauty of my what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus and to obey him. But until that, there's a belief that says he loves me, he's good, and his commands are good. Mm-hmm. 
So when he says, you need to avoid this or you need to mm-hmm. choose this over this, there might be a lot of disruption going on in my heart and a lot of brokenness, but I still have confidence in the goodness of God and I've trusted him to say, I, I want to war against that yeah, and not wait till there's some level of yeah spiritual healing maturity that I need to get to. Mm-hmm. So, so it's both, both it and. Both and. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, I think that's good to remember as we, we journey forward. It, it is, it is always both and, and, and sometimes it's kind of like low hanging fruit. Like you, yeah. you know, right. don't do that thing right. uh, where, where, you know, chapter seven in the flesh, you, you may had had no power against it, even though it was incredibly low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. I know I shouldn't, walk into the pantry late at night mm. because the Oreos look me dead in the eye. Right. Um, but in the power of Christ, I can say no to that and eat the apple who sits in between me and the Oreos. Yes. I can know that, but the heart changes still hadn't taken place because right. mm-hmm. the heart says, I only want the apple if it's in a pie right. and if it has whipped cream on top. <laughs> right. But I'm still going to choose what's right. That's right. And on the flip side, if all it is is that yep. and there's no work to go in and say, what is driving me to crave? Yep. And it's only no, on to the next one, and I'm going to mm-hmm. fail. Right. Mm-hmm. That's and right. And I'm going to fall back into it and right. be, be in a worser spot. That's right. It's worser, right? Worser. It is. I feel like it's a good word. Worser. Grammarly wouldn't have corrected I have a it. proclivity <laughs> to use the word worser. <laughs> yes. Uh, I like that. <laughs> a more terrible oh, mm. Good discussion. I like that. All right. But so, so okay. and, and I know a lot of these things are uh, sort of inter, intertwined and interrelated, So, but we'll just keep trucking. Um, so the question was, was raised earlier. Uh, having to do with like what what do you have to do to be saved oh so and and i think this was one that josh you and mark said that came up uh in some lunchtime discussion yesterday and uh um you know because so the idea that you know we put our faith in christ Mm -hmm. could be interpreted as a a work like something that we must do to uh to be saved right right. all right so we'll, we'll use a scripture passage to help set the stage what what must you do to be saved? You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him again on the third day and you are saved, right? So, so we, we know that it tells us confession and belief. So it's not, it's not an incantation. It's not just, I say these words, therefore you must give me salvation. It is a belief, honestly. I believe it's a belief that leads to a confession. Mm-hmm. Right. So now it comes into play. We, we've spent many, 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 many weeks through Romans talking about God doing the work. God John 3, 16, we love it. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, and then whomever would believe in that son would not perish but have everlasting life. So, so God is the initiator. God is the one who saves. God is the one who redeems. God is the one who holds. God will be the one who is going to glorify in the end. Mm-hmm. What is our role in mm-hmm. that? That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, we have some, some uh, brothers and sisters who, who would say, your role is nothing in that. Absolutely, 100%. Nothing in the sense of you just either are saved or you're not. You have no choice, mm-hmm. right? So, so there would there would be that, and that's from birth on. Like, birth on, yeah. Right? So there's, there's, there's not there's a, moment. a moment. That's right. Mm-hmm. You were you were either created as this or or you were created as that, right? Mm-hmm. Then then there's another group of people, and I'm going to use large generalities here. So so that would be a large general group. Then we have another large general group who would say, sure, all of that stuff is set on a table. And it's now your job to choose that. Mm-hmm. Like you have to go and pick that. You 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 have to to go you and get that choose it thing. or reject it. But you have some say in it. That's exactly right. And and it's almost like you have to do that thing, and then you have to keep that thing. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a very large generality. If you're looking at my hands, there's a pendulum, <laughs> one on one side, one on the other. Right. 
And where we live as Baptist generally is dead in the middle, middle. of both mm. of those. Mm. Um, we, we just live and I think it's a healthy tension mm-hmm. um, because here's the deal. The Bible speaks to, to both, both. Mm-hmm. and we have to reconcile that somehow in the mystery of the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and so does God know who will be saved? I believe yes. Does God still offer opportunities for people to, to choose or to mm-hmm. confess Christ mm-hmm. as Savior? Yes. Is the responsibility on a person to to put their hope and trust in Christ? I think yes. yes. Does God already know? Yes. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a tension that lives right. there. And and even the greater next step tension is that person can't choose unless God awakens their heart. Awakens right. their heart. Exactly they would right. never yeah. choose God unless God right. al- exactly already right. worked. Yeah. Them. Yeah. So can we? Because uh, I saw your hands in the air. My pendulum. Right. The pendulum. Should we try to attach labels to either either end of that spectrum? So I don't think it's helpful, but you can. <laughs> right. um, I, I think so. I'll, I'll, a lot of times we'll use Calvinist and Arminian, uh, and sometimes that's unfair because I think what you have is you have um, you have fatalist, uh, and mm. I, w- I would say yeah. that's even more of an extreme view um, than than people who would label Calvinist an extreme view. Uh, I think you have a fatalist who would say it doesn't matter. It just it is what it is. It's already done. We'll just. I'm going to live my life and see where it sorts out at the end. Absolutely fatalist. Then you have the other side over here that would say, nope, I have complete control over everything. Um, that that Almost I have complete control over God. If I have enough faith, I can make God do something, mm-hmm. um, which, again, I think is extremely unhealthy mm-hmm. on the, the other end mm-hmm. of that. Um, and where we live, it truly, I think, yeah. is in the middle. Like, right. like personally, I – I tend to lean more towards a reformed side, which would be more towards the Calvinist side. Um, but if Calvinist is is spelled out by by the tulip, uh, which again there would be some Calvinists say that's dumb, that's not even a thing. Um, I, I, I can't get there. If there's five points of Calvinism, I, I, I can't I can't agree with all of them. More like three and a half to four four points. And for those who are listening who who may not be familiar, the the, the tulip is actually an acronym. That's right. Right for mm-hmm. the yeah. traditionally Same. the five points of Calvinism. Yep. So, so total depravity. Let's play a game. <laughs> I, was, I knew where that was going. Total depravity. What's oh, the U? I was going to use that one. Unconditional election. election. Mm-hmm. Limited atonement. Limited atonement. There you go. Irresistible I, grace. Irresistible grace. Dude, I got this. And my this. favorite one. Perseverance, Perseverance of the saints. Perseverance of the saints. Yes. Uh, and so as as we sort through those, again, there would be Calvinists who would say, guys, that's that's not. No, that, that doesn't label who we are. And, and to be clear, if you're using Calvinist uh, view or Arminian view, those are man-made views. Those That's are right. those are after man, sinful man. These are people who were great thinkers, people who who thought very deeply about these things. In my opinion, you should never label yourself after John Calvin or Jacob Arminius, it, it, we we label ourselves after Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's where I want to. So when somebody mm-hmm. says, "Well, what are you? Are you a Calvinist or Arminius?" I'm like, I'm a biblicist. Yeah, I, there I you want, go. I want <laughs> the Bible because there's going to be days like when we get into Romans nine and ten where you're going to say, "Oh my goodness, this makes me uncomfortable." Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's moments like we we get in the Old Testament of of, of Joshua calling calling all of Israel to a choice and saying, "Look, it's set before you." God is. God's already told you. You choose this. You're going to get life. You choose yeah. this. You're going to get death. What are you going to choose? Mm. And both of those things are absolutely real, even still today. Mm-hmm. He sets mm-hmm. before us life or death. Yeah. What are you going to choose? Yeah, I was thinking. Uh, I've never thought of it in this context, but I was thinking of the rich young ruler and him coming to Jesus and say, "What What do I need to do to have eternal life?" And his Jesus could have just said, "Hey, you're out." I mean, you, I'm sorry, <laughs> you didn't make the cut. For you. It's not. Yeah, just give up. <laughs> 
He didn't, and he didn't even go to confess and believe, but he went to these action items, which really got down to the heart, right? Mm-hmm. You know, right. keep the law, but really it was about the heart. But in the end, the guy's like, I don't think I can do that right now. Mm-hmm. And he right. walked away. And mm-hmm. so he had a, it's a clear apparently rejection. had a choice yeah. and yeah. rejected the choice in that yeah, moment. I, mm-hmm. I love, I, I wrote this down yesterday as you were talking through that because I, to me, I'm always wondering, what's the struggle? Like, so what is the struggle that God knows? And we have, like, what is that? What What's the deal that comes up inside of most uh, of us that we go, oh, I don't like that. And I, and I think it's this. When we start talking about that God elects or God knows, um, we use the words predestination, those kinds of things. It. And we say things like, there's nothing you can do to save yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't, like, God has done it, you have not, like, Mm. those kinds of things. I think for us, it puts us in a place of, you're not in control. Mm. And and so it makes us feel hopeless. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the wrong word. Um, I think I mentioned this to you yesterday. What it really does is it puts us in a place of helplessness. And Mm -hmm. helplessness and hopelessness are two different things. Right. And, and so when I, when I get to a place that I understand I cannot I cannot save myself. There's nothing I can do. Christ has done it. He's accomplished the work. Mm-hmm. Then I think it puts me in a position that Paul talks about even at the end of this this section that I cry out, "Abba, Father!" Like mm-hmm. like I my hope yeah, my trust hope. Yeah. my you know my. My, I'm convinced it is you and only you. It, it comes back to a point of surrender. I, I think sometimes we we talk about confession, you know, confess with the mouth, believe in the heart. On what? Mm-hmm. On Christ, mm-hmm. that he is the one who can do it. Mm-hmm. And so I think surrender, submission are huge, important words that I get to a point that I realize that I'm helpless without yeah. Christ mm-hmm. and my dependence my connection, my relationship needs to be with him and him alone. Mm-hmm. And so so I think there's that, that I find hope in who Christ is mm-hmm. because I'm helpless to do mm-hmm. anything about it. All right, mm-hmm. so because it's a fun, theological, philosophical conversation and we're all friends here, there's nothing that you could do to save yourself. Like like in you, you're, you're powerless to do that. Is there something in you that you can do to uh, to damn yourself? To, to cut yourself off from the ability to be saved. And, and here's where I would wrestle with that. There's only one mm. sin in the entire Bible mm. that, that's mentioned that is unforgivable. Um, and a lot of times we'll say that, no, everything is forgivable. Everything is redeemable. There's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Jesus speaks to that, Mark, Mark 3, um, Matthew 16. Yeah. Um, and in that, there, there is... Blasphemy mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit that 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 can damn you and, and cut mm-hmm. you off mm-hmm. from from the grace of God. Mm-hmm. Um, now there would be people who would say, "Well, what is that? Is that you know speaking speaking badly or poorly against God? Is that?" Um, and and the best that I understand it, it is taking when the Holy Spirit awakens your heart to the need of salvation, and you say, "No, mm-hmm. yeah, I want nothing to right. do with that." Mm-hmm. And that is a choice, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that in that choice, there is saying, I, I, it was extended to me, and I said no to that. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I can't be forgiven because the only thing that can forgive me is that thing I rejected. That's right. right. That's right. And mm-hmm. so in that is the unforgivable sin of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. 
And so in that, I believe that God loved the whole world. John 3, 16, that, that's a part for me when, it, when we get to the tulip and it talks about the, the limited atonement kind of stuff. Right. I, I don't. I can't see it as limited because I see it as God loving the entire world right. that he sent his son, Jesus, and whosoever means whosoever. Mm-hmm. Yes, God loved the whole world, but there are going to be people who reject that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do that in their own power. The irresistible right. grace. Right. Right. If you, can, right. if you can have a sense for what God has done for you and his calling yourself to him, and then you can reject that. That's right. Then. So that, that, that's, that's the question Which I want to ask. brings me to my three and a half. Yes. There right. Yeah. Because if it's irresistible, then we, we, we can't, can't, yeah. we can't reject. So as we really soon as he awakens us, we have to go. We have right. to. Yeah. So here's the question. Who does he awaken? What do you mean? Who does he awaken? All right. So we said, we can only choose if, like, if you're we're awakened. Dead, if we're yep. awakened. So who does, does he awaken? Personally, this, only uh, the the limited. The way Josh would see this, <laughs> and and we'll get into this in, in Romans uh, uh-huh. nine and ten. I believe that the 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 call is given. I believe that the Spirit, in different times and different ways, awakens all. Okay, gives gives all the opportunity. And when I say awaken, it's not a full awakeness because mm-hmm. we're we're not fully saved mm-hmm. um, until you put your hope and trust in Christ. Mm-hmm. And but there there's yeah. a sense in you that you were dead, but now you start to become alive, and you. You now have a choice to say, yes, I, I receive that grace. I receive Christ, and, and I, I trust him with my life. Um, I believe that God extends that to all, mm-hmm. um, but I don't believe that all will mm-hmm. do it. Right. But I also believe that God knows who will and who won't. Sure. Yeah. This, is a, this is a good – That's good. We're reaching back into Romans 1. Mm-hmm. Like just that oh, whole – Yeah. yeah. Right. And so, so one, once again, Paul sits down, writes this meant to be read as a whole right just another reminder right that all of this is tying together and 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 paul's painting this beautiful picture really of the confidence that we can have in christ and what he's done right and so so yeah Mm. Mm. Great discussion, guys. Man, I, I more I, to come on that. I feel like more to come. Yeah, I feel like we could be sitting here for a long time talking about these things. Um, People have done it for thousands and thousands of years. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I told my son the other day. I was right. like, this I don't, has been going on a long time. I don't That's think right. I could sit here that long, but you know. Um, hey, I, I do want to just point out because you referenced Josh earlier uh, that you know as we as we continue through the Book of Romans, there are going to be things that are going to they're going to make us uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? And you mentioned in your message that. You know, we need to be we need to be sure that we are allowing Scripture to inform us and to inform our theology, right. not mm-hmm. tradition or culture. Right. And uh, and so I think as we continue to work through the Book of Romans, it's important for us to remember that and yeah. come to the table mm-hmm. with that mindset, mm-hmm. um, which may be hard for a lot of us because it's hard for me. We yeah. have some yeah. deeply ingrained yeah. sure. traditions and, and mm-hmm. cultural mm-hmm. things that we, traditions you know. and words, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. certain words that just, yeah. we have a proclivity. We hear them. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. I ask myself the question all the time. Why do I believe this? Yeah. 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 Like, why do I think that that's true? Why mm-hmm. is this, is this a hill to die on? If it is, why do, mm-hmm. yeah. Did, did I learn that from the scripture and, and, and I can go chapter and verse in context to say, this is why, mm-hmm. or is it, man, this is just what Southern Baptists do. This is yeah. what, we do. This is what my family's always done. Right. Mm. Mm. That's good. That's an important thing mm-hmm. to wrestle with. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, uh, great discussion today. Thanks. Um, good. Uh, I think it was better because of where you're sitting. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think it's most definitely better. <laughs> Holy Spirit's uh, power. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exuding it's, from you. It's like the, yeah, there's like a, an aura around this seat right here. <laughs> mm, you know? Yeah. Mm. yeah.
something. <laughs> you're you're making my temptation to sit over there next week. <laughs> Exponentially. You better get here early Mark, next week. Mark wants that aura. Uh, that's yes. great. Guys, uh, love you guys. Good love to do, guys. Uh, do life and ministry with you. Mm-hmm. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.